You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Power of Why podcast, a show about human error, productivity, critical thinking, and well, I guess at this point, you know. We talk about many different topics associated to human behavior in the workplace. So I am welcoming to the episode. This one is going to be a little bit more reference type of material because I do want to talk about the process that I follow when I visit clients, when they are asking me, look, I need to reduce human error. So what do we do? Well, we, we do have a process. We have a methodology. So I want to talk a little bit about that process and how is it that we, we do it? Because once you understand what is it that you should be addressing, then you will start seeing the information and the data that will be useful for you. Right now, maybe you have the data, but you don't necessarily are seeing it in this way because it needs structure. We do have a lot of information, metrics, KPIs, all of these things, but that's texture. When we want to do something about it, of course, that's all going to help, but we do want structure. And that's what I want to share today, okay? So we're going to talk about human error reduction and why is it that we need to address it. We do know today that it's, and, and I've talked about this before, we know that behavior is complex. We know that we don't really or not necessarily have experts that can explain human behavior. So, yes, we do know that there is a need. You know, human error is not going to be eliminated. We have also discussed this. So we do know that we have to do something about it. All right. So what is the first thing that happens when we work with human error? Well, most of the times in our case, right, our client calls us. And this is the first step to recognize that you have a problem. When you recognize that you have a problem, now we can do something about it. What would be that problem? Well, maybe you say you have too many deviations due to human error or too many events that are creating delays that are creating issues with, you know, your KPI cycle time, customer service, that maybe you have too many documentation errors. So at this point, you know that you have a problem, but you don't know how to address it. And that's why I, I always say you have to start here. But the recognition of the problem, it's not the only thing that I want to talk about when I talk about recognition of the problem. It's the fact that even though you know, you really identify that you have a problem when you are committed to do something about it and not just, you know, hope for the best that one day human error is going to, you know, be reduced or eliminated or reduced by chance, right? So, you know, recognizing a problem also acknowledges that you have to do something about it and that you're serious about doing something about it. I say this because you wouldn't understand how many times companies call me, look, we have a problem, we need to work with human error, but then I provide the quote and then they sit on the quote or the proposal for maybe a year and then they call me again. Oh, you know, you remember? Well, you know, and, and that's okay. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem. You address your issue when you understand that your issue needs to be addressed. But more than once, I've seen that you identify the problem, but then you wait a little bit to see if it's going to take care of itself. It won't. So yeah, call me. All right. So 
Again, we do know that it affects many areas, and we also know that there are regulations that require. So once you identify that you have a problem, that you want to do something about it, then we start the process, okay? That will be uh, the, the, the first step. So the other step that needs to happen is to recognize that people will make mistakes because it's our nature, because you know, we are wired that way and we have limitations, right? So we have to acknowledge that even though we want to do a project for reduction, that does not mean that we are going to eliminate errors. I think that I've mentioned before about the lowest observable rate, which is pilots, you know, critical activities with a well-developed checklist, which is 0.001. So we do know that it's always going to be that 0.001 if we're good. Right. So that's why once we acknowledge that people have limitations and that people will make mistakes, then we can now start understanding human behavior. And then human behavior, you know, basically means that we have many, many variables or things that affect our behavior. So once we identify the limitations that we have, what we have to do is look at our process, look at our work environment, and then determine what is it that I can change to protect people from themselves because we cannot change human condition, but we can change the conditions in which we, humans work. So at this point, what we do is that we start with the prediction, pro the prevention, determination, or detection mechanisms for correction and recovery. So as of now, we have recognized your problem and then understand that people will make mistakes because we do have limitations. The next step will be to break the blame cycle. If you continue to blame people, you won't solve the problem, right? We And I don't know if I have mentioned this before, but yeah, you have to make a decision whether you want to fix the blame or fix the problem. And the thing about the blame cycle is that we create more errors if we continue in that path. Because once you have a human error, usually what we do is that we have, you know, discipline or counseling or coaching um, to the person. And sometimes that's perceived as, you know, treating me like a child. And, you know, if you treat me like a child, I behave like a child. So there's reduced trust. If there's reduced trust, there's less communication, management is less aware of things that are happening and so on. So at the end of the day, you will have another reoccurrence because you are at addressing the blame and you're not fixing the problem, all right? Another thing that I like to mention when I talk about the steps is to be very careful with training. And again, I'm pretty sure I have mentioned this before, and I'm sorry if I repeat myself. There is one thing that it's called multi-channel redundancy, that it's intended to repeat in different ways the same content, just that you know, to make sure there is learning. But in this case, even though that's true, I'm repeating because I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember if I've said this before or not. So even though there is a scientific explanation for repetition in this case, it's just that I'm, you know, my memory is very bad. But what I was saying is that you have to be very careful with training because training only provides you a solution if your errors are associated to lack of knowledge, lack of skill, or lack of ability. And of course, we want to be very careful about that. Why do we want to be careful about that? Because first of all, if you have a good training program, you should have done your job, which is to train people to make sure that you transfer that knowledge, which is, you know, 
knowledge-based information, things that I need to know, that you have a good transfer of skills, right? You know, that you learn how you do things. And then, of course, abilities, which is a combination. So if you have a training program, and you should have it because you're doing testing, because you're evaluating training effectiveness, that means that you have a good training program. And then that your event or your situation was not necessarily due to a lack of knowledge, skill, or ability, which is the only thing that train can do. Now, if I was an auditor or an inspector, you know, I will be very confused with retraining and retraining and retraining because if you're saying that somebody had a problem with knowledge, skill, or ability today, then that means that they could have had that same problem yesterday because you don't forget things, you know, from one day to the other unless you had a massive event of, you know, memory loss. You don't fail to be able to know how to do things from one day to the other. So basically what I'm trying to say is that if you say that this event or this situation was due to training, then most likely I would like to take a look at all the things that this person has performed before because you're telling me that today, even though this person has been here for the last five years, today this person did not have the knowledge, skill, or ability. So I have to do something about that. So be very careful because When we have done our consulting services, what we have learned is that less than 10% of situations that happen at manufacturing facilities are due to lack of knowledge, skill, or ability. So be very careful with training. Now that we know this, now it's time to start, you know, applying the methodology. And the first thing that you have to do is understand your current situation. And for that, we need to measure how we are today. So in this case, what we're saying is that we have to establish our human error rate. And the human error rate, well, the formula is very simple. How many errors divided by how many opportunities to commit them? And make sure that you are very careful about selecting that denominator because that's going to make a difference. And believe me, you don't want to compare yourself to the lowest observable rate, which is 0.001. You want to compare yourself to yourself because this is about reducing human error in your site. It's about you becoming better and not comparing yourself to, you know, nuclear power, generation facilities, refineries, and so on. So understanding current situation starts with that pre-measure and then do a diagnostic assessment to understand what's been happening, okay? The way I do diagnostic assessments is by going into your past events because there's no better predictor for the future than the past. So you want to evaluate your past events and understand them using, you know, and again, I'm going to put in Instagram the tool that I use, but what you want to do is categorize and code and, and identify your major contributors. So I'm going to put that that as a reference material. But what you want to do is understand how many times or how many different type of root causes reoccur, okay? Because, you know, when you want to measure CAPA effectiveness, you have to be very careful that you are not overlooking a very important detail. Most of the times I see companies measuring CAPA effectiveness as, you know, the reoccurrence of events. But then we have reoccurrence of root causes, which at the end of the day are mostly important or the most important part because root causes are conditions. And if you remove those conditions from existence, then the error won't manifest. So yes, I don't want the event to reoccur, but especially I don't want it to reoccur due to the same root cause. And that's why we have 
two axes, you know, reoccurrence of events and reoccurrence of root causes. So once you do that diagnostic assessment, you will be able to see where are your major contributors. And at this point, you are going to be able to prioritize your actions based on results and determine if you want to address this as a team works or, you know, different teams working with different areas and just basically establish a charter, a project, because it needs visibility. So find a sponsor, find members, do a project charter, and then you take it from there. Then the next step is understand your type of errors. And we have four types of error, okay? Intentional, unintentional, omission, and commission. And yes, we have discussed this before, so I'm not going to be talk about that in detail because we have done it before. But you want to understand that because once I know if most of my issues are intentional, then I know that I have to work with people. If most of my issues are unintentional, I have to take a look at my process and and that's very important piece of information when you're doing your charter and your project or your initiatives at this site. Okay, the other thing is that you want to evaluate your critical process being realistic. Most of our process is established based on theoretical information, meaning that, you know, you can do this in 10 minutes, but in reality, we have not necessarily check if that's possible. So be realistic because sometimes we don't factor in a lot of variables that affect human behavior, like interruptions, like distractions, like other types of interference with my cognition when I'm working. So be very careful that you are not asking too much. People can only do so much. And that's why we have to be very careful that we are not, you know, having, a, again, an unrealistic expectation and how that should look like. The other step is to implement a human error investigation process. Look, this is the missing link in our investigation process, human error. Why do I say that? Because if you don't have an uniform methodology for human error investigations, we're going to fall in the same problem because you need to be able to identify, you know, human error again is a causal factor. So you want to understand not only that you have a human error, again, human error is not a root cause. So we still need to identify the next why, which will be a problem type. And then we need to identify the next why, which will be the cause category. And then the next why, which means near root causes. And then the next why, which means root causes. So near root causes and root causes, of course. So you want to implement a program that everybody it's going to follow, that it's uniform, that everybody speaks the same language, but you need to incorporate that missing link. It's not that you have been doing it incorrectly. It's just that we have been avoiding or overseeing the need to be very specific to what we expect from our human error investigations. And that's a whole different thing. You have to have either a procedure or a section in your investigation SOP to make sure people know what is it that they need to do. And of course, we don't have psychologists at the site, so we do need to have a methodology that will allow people that are not experts in human behavior to be able to explain human behavior in the context of human error. Then, of course, you want to establish corrective action 
actions and preventive actions that are going to be very effective. And the best way to tell you how you can determine an effective corrective action or preventive action is to measure that effectiveness. And the way, again, we do it is by measuring event reoccurrence, root cause reoccurrence, and eventually reduction of events. Now, some of the categories that we have in this methodology includes procedures, which is instructions, and that's very common. This is one of the most common categories for human error situations in the workplace. But then you have to be very careful because you need to understand what's wrong with procedures, okay? And I've seen many companies that commit themselves to do a very cumbersome project on revising procedures, but they don't understand what's wrong with the procedure and what needs to be fixed. So that is very important. Another thing is human factors engineering. And here we're talking about the environment, okay? We're talking about, you know, how the environment looks like, okay? So we, in this case, we're looking at the design of the activities and how it affects our performance. Okay. And there are very specific categories and near root causes there. Again, it's going to be, and this is the, the document that I want you to look for either in Facebook, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Instagram. It's the root cause determination tool. Okay. You're going to see it. It's a, it's a very easy type of chart. And, but you will see what I'm trying to share here. You want to be able to look at that data and, and, and look at that chart because it's actually the answer. You know, it's basically in that chart, you have a hundred percent of the reasons why people make mistakes and I'm giving it to you. Just take a look at it and find, find the root cause. It's very easy. So. That it's going to be there. The other categories are training, supervision, communication, and then we have cognitive load in individual performance. And cognitive load is addressing things that will, you know, overload our cognition. Okay. So basically, you know, if I have, I don't have enough time or if I, my environment is, is not well designed, if there is no supervision available, there are 10 categories that will go there. And for cognitive load, we are going to do a different episode. Then once you do this, now I think you are ready because you have done your exercises, you had your pre-measure, you know your categories, now you know what to do, you have your charter, you have your teams. So now you are starting to, to implement those changes, but you do want to track and trend. And the way you do this is by creating either a KPI that is associated to human error reduction. You want to track and trend this either monthly, week, quarterly. You want to see how you're doing. You don't want to wait until quarter four to say, well, huh, we are not even close to what we promised. Well, you, you should have known that information before because of the tendency and all of those things. So you can adjust your plan to that and guarantee results. You Again, you, you can't just do this and wait for it to, dis to disappear. And then once you do that, then you will see how everything is behaving and you will be able to demonstrate that if you had a reduction that it was directly related to your intervention, because that's why we do a pre-measure, diagnosis, implementation, post-measure. And that's what we have here. And last but not least, actually, this is the most important step. You have to listen to people. People, your people have the answers. And actually, I, I feel very strongly about this because I remember when I was in the industry and I was trying to let the management know, you know, this is what you have to do, but nobody was listening to me. Thank God you are now. 
people. You don't understand that. That needed to happen. Otherwise, I, I was going to have to be in therapy for I don't know how long. So thank you for listening. But what I'm trying to say is you want to talk to people. They have the answers. And I have this, you know, this golden question that, that usually provides me the answer. And if you were the owner of this process of, you know, the, the general manager, the president of the company, what would you do to fix this? And that's a hypothetical question, but it's going to be a real answer. So pay attention because people do have those answers. So, well, that's basically what I wanted to discuss today. I hope you know got this information and it's useful. Again, please send me an email if you have suggestions for topics, if you want to be part of, of the podcast and discuss something that, you know, that worries you or that you are interested be my guest, please. And again, just stay tuned. All right. So send us an email to the power of white podcast at gmail.com and find us in LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and everywhere else. So just Google it. Thank you so much. And until the next time, thank you very much. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.